0: Juan, how did Unidentified Objects come about? Because this is such a beautiful story that you created. AJ, thank you so much. Um,
1: I'd say, I've said this uh, before, and, and I feel like it's one of those films that it almost needed to exist and just find find me and my writing partner as mediums and, my, and then the entire crew and, and cast it all it all happened really quickly, relatively fast. And it was very much something that came from a place of uh, the script and the inception of the story came right when COVID began, where I found myself without a job in New York City with a lot of uh, depth and, and a lot of things. And, and then kind of like being in that position allowed time for me to reflect, really, and, and talk. And we had a rolodex of ideas. And, and little by little, my, my writing partner and I we had an idea already that existed, but we hadn't flashed out fully about a little person and seeing the the world through a little person and what that means and what that represents. And that was just something a character thing and like notes that we had that were just very interesting. And when COVID hit, it was a like the last the last thing that pushed that story forward. And and actually, surprisingly, the script was written only like the first draft was written in only three weeks. Oh wow. And then, and then obviously there was some rewrites after that. But the inception, the story that you see, the, the heart of it was already there. And, and then when well, we, fin- we finished that draft, we started casting. And, and once we brought Matthew, which is our lead actor who plays Peter, on board, he kind of everything, kind of like he, he, he became a great collaborator. And then we brought Winona. And, and you know, it, it, I, I'd say it's like a miracle after a miracle for it to get to where it is right now.
0: Right. And you got to nail those two leads in a road trip movie like this, too. Like, they got to have great chemistry, have to bounce off each other really well. And you got to be able to believe and feel for these characters, which I thought you, Matt, and Riona did extraordinarily well in Unidentified Objects. I think I've told so many people about this movie now. It's like one of the most beautiful, real independent films I've seen. So wow. far, reviewing films since 2018. So, and once you got Matthew as Peter, I mean, he, he delivers such a raw emotional performance. I mean, how was how was it like working with him through this project?
1: First of all, thank you, AJ, for those that comment. It means a lot, a lot to us. And and when it comes to working with him, I mean, I got incredibly blessed. That that I I did find like an incredible actor, but his imagination, his commitment to the character, his passion for telling this story, uh, his discipline. He he has his discipline as an actor second to none. He was so 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 into the character. He didn't for the time of pre-production and production. He shut down his phone and he would only like uh, communicate with his uh, with his uh, significant other once a day through like letters or emails that wow. somebody else, like, yeah, he was so into the character because he wanted to feel the isolation that Peter, the main character, felt. We, uh, we found, uh, I think a lot of it was building a strong bond of trust between both of us and finding a language that would allow us to communicate where the character was. And, and within that language, one of the things that we figured out was talking, uh, there was this, this metaphor that we came up with that was, we used throughout the entire story to point where the character was in his arc. And the metaphor is, imagine a, a lighthouse that is the most beautiful, brightest, biggest lighthouse in the world. That is like in the most nice location ever. But the lighthouse lacks electricity. So the light doesn't work. And that's where the character begins to journey.
0: Yeah. And yeah, it's a raw journey, and it's a roller coaster throughout with uh, Peter and Riona's character. And the female actress in this, she was just like the complete opposite of Peter's character, right? She was a people person. She loved being around people. She was so spunky. And you know what? I'm like Peter in my neighborhood. I see kids on my lawn. I'm like, get out of here, right? <laughs> So having 100%. somebody like Riona, alongside Peter's character, that was, I think that helped with the navigation throughout the film so much too.
1: 100%. And 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 like, that was one of the main things we were looking for. Because as you know, like from a drama, dramaturgist, uh, like character-driven stories, you want to almost have opposites for there to be good chemistry. and 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 that was one of the, the most interesting thing is Winona is like a ray of light. Well, he's like yeah. a stone, he's like a little stone and she's always like bouncing and poking and, and he's also poking at her and insulting her. And like, there's this, and even though both characters are like, they're not trying to be likable. Like she, yeah. they are both in their own way, unlikable characters that, or, or or characters that are not quite, your like, oh, like, you know, like right. <laughs> Disney Disney character you end up building a lot of empathy for them because they are true to who they are and they, and they are misfits in there, but they are true like representation of like, you know, of, of that. I, so, so that was the biggest thing is for, to make sure that everything felt honest and raw. And even though it has like a genre bending, storytelling lens, for me, the most important thing always comes down to that, to the character and their emotion and the honesty that they're portraying to camera.
0: Right. And I wanted to talk to you about that genre bending statement you just brought up because I'm interviewing you for infamous horrors, even though this isn't a straight up horror movie. There's some science fiction elements that kind of make this film feel like safety, not guaranteed in that that realm. You know, it's a film. There's not a whole lot of science fiction stuff, even though it revolves around aliens and all that. You'll see them a couple of times and one scene in particular, I don't want to get into any spoilers, but there's this one scene where uh, Peter is dreaming and he gets pulled over or, you know, he gets asked to get out in the car. And that is absolutely terrifying. So how yes. did that sequence all come together and how did you guys pull that off too? So I th- think it comes, like that, that specific scene you're talking about for me is a horror scene. Yeah, for me, yeah, it's also in, yeah.
1: in some 100%. And, and that kind of like that, like the language of this movie, for those who haven't seen it, is we're diving into like a, a almost like a documentary world of this character's perspective on the world. But since both characters, in some ways, live in this dreamlike state, they're so inside their own heads, we're documenting or we're seeing their world. Through that, through that, that like shifted, so like like perspective. So it is almost like cinema has this plasticity to it that you can shape and form and that happens in good horror movies. They do that very well where, where you break, like you, you still are in the suspension of disbelief, but you can still go to this character's psyche and his perspective of the world. And through that, you can go deeper into what they're thinking or who they are. And, and so that was something that I, I love that in cinema. I love when stories do that and they do it in a, in a believable way honest way so i didn't want to break the the human language of the story because at the end of the day it's a character piece but i did want to be able to explore the way the characters were feeling and their grief and their and their fears and all of that in unique way so that's how kind of that scene came i think i think i gotta give a lot of credit to my my writing partner which is the main writer of Unidentified objects but is my writing partner we've been writing together for seven years
0: his name is leland franco and
1: And, and, and it, came, it came to be right away, early on. And, and it was a very specific scene because that scene is about the character's grief. In the story, the character lost his best friend uh, and, and, and he has a lot of regret. So, so this scene basically relieves that through the context of the story. It's kind of like a combination of his fears counting him up in a very specific way. And again, when you watch it, you'll know what we are talking about. Uh, that, that scene also, when it came to the preparation, uh, of, of executing that, I think it was also very, trying to understand the vulnerability, the humanity, the, the reason right. why that scene mattered and, and why it was so important. And, and Matthew and I, uh, in, in fact, there's a, just for the audience, there's a, a nudity in that scene. And, and and that was, that came from the actor. He said like, I feel I have to be, I have to be naked. And, and then we're talking about a little person who's being naked on screen. As, as and as a statement of how he feels in the world,
0: right? So
1: so that's kind of like a lot of it came from honest conversations of what, why we're telling this story, and, and 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 we and we executed that scene pretty much in one take.
0: Wow! And that's all in one take. That's pretty <laughs> that's pretty impressive to get that Thank one you. scene down in one take. So hats off to uh, Matt portraying Peter in that one take. That was pretty incredible. Thank you. And uh, so did you grow up a fan of genre films as well? Yes. So what were some of your favorites or some of your like inspirations to lead to unidentified objects if you had any?
1: Yes, I did have
0: a lot of inspirations
1: for this particular movie. I I say from the genre perspective, I in some ways I call this a Lynchian dark comedy. So David Lynch, and when it comes to like Blue Velvet or Twin Peaks or or like there's an a, like a elevated state where the right. character's performance and like the and like the world is stylized to a degree yet is very grounded. It's it's still like your your suburban kind of like American neighborhood kind of vibe, but you're taking that into like a like its own unique elevated state. So so David Lynch, in one side. And the, and obviously the surreal aspects that what we spoke before of like how you can dive into a character's psyche through storytelling, that um, very much inspired on David Lynch. Even obviously, obviously, I don't think this goes as deep as David Lynch movies can go. Right, <laughs> But you can see some elements from that, right? I think a little bit of the Coen brothers, again, like the Coen brothers, I wouldn't say are genre quite, but there are movies like Fargo or movies like uh, The Big Lebowski that carry like certain like, Psyche, Psy- Psy- right? The B- right. Villalobos. Yeah, they like,
0: do, they border the line very close with their films.
1: One hundred percent, and they and they and some of their films, you could say their genre, even though or right. or, they, or like blood or they Simple do, is one. Blood, absolutely, one hundred percent. So so that's true. and and then when from a road trip standpoint, to movies that I love, amongst one of my first two of my favorite movies ever, which is like Little Miss Sunshine, of of course, and y tu Mama Tambien by Alfonso Cuarón both movies uh again there Tambien was very much in, like the, the style of filming of unidentified objects is Tambien very like handheld camera the entire time like like you shooting like that like uh like almost like again very subjective perspective but what I did different in some ways is, is taking it to that dream like Escape so right. adding uh, the anamorphic lenses adding like that little like like manipulating a few colors in the color palette so that it feels that we're like maybe in a slightly different world. Um, And obviously the the genre aspect of of science fiction that is on the backdrop, because a movie is about these two misfit characters hitting the road because they're supposedly going to an alien abduction. So that alien abduction, it really comes to like, I mean, like I'm a big fan of Steven Spielberg, E.T., Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, uh, I mean, like there's many uh, but but from a standpoint like the alien kind of like like uh, a theme the way it can be explored in a story of like being an outsider of being like somebody who doesn't belong of being up somebody who doesn't have a place of being somebody who's alone and how that is related to us being like a speck floating through the universe so so it comes also like from love or science fiction isaac asimov 2001 space odyssey like like uh, novels and like the movie a lot of a lot of that. i amb- so so. i I'm, I'm, I love science fiction as a just as a fan of science fiction. So yeah. I, I, so I think I poured all of these inspirations into this movie. With right. that. With, with, with at the end of the day, I'm an immigrant. I'm from Colombia. I I'm a i love the United States. I'm a first generation American as well. So so it's kind of like there's a little bit of that aspect of being an outsider and living living through these liminal spaces where you don't belong here or there. And as you can see in the movie, the characters are crossing a border, right? So, so it's kind of right. like, it's kind of all of these
0: little things coming together. And so what are you looking forward to the most of this playing at Fantastic Fest this weekend? I mean, that has to be exciting, right? I'm so excited. I've heard so much about
1: Fantastic Fest. I've never been I can't believe they love their movie like that. That means the world because I know Fantastic Fest audiences are amongst the best audiences in the world. Uh, And I know this festival is very well known for the energy and the passion and the enthusiasm of all the fans coming to watch movies. I'm a little bit scared because, as you say, it's not quite a horror movie. Right. So it is it is it is. It has what I appreciate, and I hope people appreciate and, and take away is the authenticity in which we're trying to bring to the table, and how we're trying to take a risk of storytelling. In some ways, we're also playing, by the way, we're playing Sieges in Barcelona, which is an also big genre oh, wow, festival yeah. in Europe, and we're gonna be in the New Voices uh, category. So, so anyway, I I think what what I hope and look forward to Austin is it's just I hope people love it. I really hope people can connect to the characters and 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 can also appreciate the subtle and sometimes not so subtle sci-fi elements and, and genre bending elements throughout the story.
0: Well, Vaughn, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been really fun and congratulations on Unidentified Objects.
1: Uh, AJ, I, it's a pleasure and thank you for having me. and Thank you for watching the movie, for your love and support. And and again, wish you the absolute best with this podcast as well and and hopefully we can You can stay in touch. And if you're in Fantastic Fest, let, let me know.
0: Absolutely. Have a good week. You too. Thank you, AJ.